versus 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 podcast. Okay. Um, do you want to go? Yeah. Should we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got the quotes, right? Because I didn't prepare. Yeah, no, I got some quotes. I also have I also have corrections from last time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we haven't even started. I know. We've got like apologies and corrections. <laughs> <laughs> um Lexi Brodovich was actually at Harper's Bazaar, not Vogue. Oh, okay. Um and uh Lartigue was discovered in sixty-three at the age of sixty-nine, but he was a painter before that. So he was known. Okay. He was like he hung out with some he was like a fancy kid, hung out with some influential people, but his photos weren't discovered until he was like almost seventy years old. Mm-hmm. Which we we did say that, but yeah, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. Um, but yeah, Lexi Brodovich, Harper is not Vogue. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I um, I kind of quoted that story on another podcast. Yeah. Steve Steve Richard's uh, like been wanting to record discussions. Yeah. Me. And then Avedon came up and I was like, I actually credited you. So <laughs> credited me with the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> the trivia that was wrong. But I, I was just like, oh, yeah, like I heard this. And is because I think we mentioned passport photos. And I'm like, yeah. Kev, I got an anecdote for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So now there'll have to be a correction on his podcast. That's great. Um, In this day and age, Joe, we should just say whatever we want. And that's not, true. Like, correct it. Yeah. Fuck fact checking. Fake yeah. news. Yeah. <laughs> um,. We also wish to apologize to the NAACP. <laughs> In advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have a quote. Do you want to know who, do you want me, do you want to guess it afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that might be fun. Yeah. I like this quote. Um, I've never taken a picture I've intended. They're always better or worse. Well, if you had taken out the word better, I know a lot of people who could have said that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like a English is, as a second language person. Uh, uh, no, not really. Oh, damn it. Um, no, it was Deanne Arbus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I like that quote because, like, up until I recently, I feel in my career, uh, I it was always kind of like, well, this is what I'm kind of got in my head, but like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. And it's only till now that I'm like, okay, I'm actually like nailing exactly what I want and kind of being quicker about it, I guess, too. But um, I, I just thought that was a good thing because, or a good quote because it's like, yeah, like, like you're very set up in your stuff. Like, does your work come out pretty much what you had in your head, or like, are the variables there to make it fucked up, or what? That's, um, it's very planned, and it's something I always try to to break. Is like leave room for for some, leave room for surprise or something to work out better, and and it happens in like some details, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I, I see the value in it and I want to use it more, but uh, like I do plan and I do plan probably too much or like, it's very like, I know what I'm going to get and it's very tactical. And yeah. And so a lot of the creative work is in the thinking of it and like, there's, there's less room, but I, I totally get that. And like, uh, 
aspire to do to do a little bit like leave a bit of room for randomness yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. And, and there is some that it's planned but like probably less than a lot of than a lot of people but i i think that's a cool way to approach it totally um there's a photographer when i was a photojournalist there's a photographer who was telling me um great uh, chris young great british uh photojournalist he did like official portraits of the queen when he was there he's like great great guy like super best soccer photographer that I've ever met. Yeah. And I think we're talking, I was bitching to him about like how I hated shooting parades because it seems like a big party and everybody's having fun and there's no good photos. Yeah. Because it like lasts for, you know, hours on. Um, and there's no real peak moment at a parade. It's not like the end of the game. Or well, the Shriners. Yeah. When they drive around in their little cars, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like as good as it gets. But so he told me, he's like, well, go in with like photos you want to find and look for them, right? Like in the parade. Yeah. Just like even if they're cliches, whatever. Just have a shallow in your head. Go and plan it, and then like they'll take the stress away from just being in front of something you don't really you know like you're looking for something so like make a plan and then leave room for something else yeah gotcha. like you'll find something else in the edit so don't be like have a very rigid intention and plan to guide you and then like leave leave it open to the something that just like oh that catches your eye on so i feel like approaching shoots like that too is good it's like it's good to plan if you leave everything to randomness then you're not doing much. Yeah. But to also like leave the door open to like, Hey, this, this mistake looks cool. Like, Oh, this light didn't fire and I like it better. Yeah. 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 Um, I would always just like, like light simply just so like, I didn't have to worry about that shit and it could grow into something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or grow like, I don't know. It's my whole concept with like, like conversational shoots, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I don't need to worry about the technical bits. I can just like worry about what that person's doing. And if, if they're being very stiff, then it's worse. If they're being very open, then it's better. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's funny because well, Deanne Arbus, like none of that stuff was ever, well, it might've been set up, but like it was all kind of random street people or like, you know, weirdos and in, in various locations. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that her, her era is also, you benefit from being like one of the first people to point your lens at something like that. Yeah, true. Like now, I don't think we could see a dying Arbus today. Yeah. Right. Just showing, uh, showing less, less than formal stuff and taking photos in the street. Like yeah. That's everybody does that now. That's not special anymore. Right. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was, it was when you at the start of the craft, to decide to willfully go like, you know, I'm not going to take photos of pretty things just because they're pretty. And like, yeah, like I don't, I, I think she's also like, not to take anything away, but like there's something to be said to do something first then, or be among the first generation of people doing that. Totally. Did you ever see the movie about her? Like the, the fictional movie, Fur? Yeah. It was awful. Is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played... Um, um, uh, like, Nicole Kidman played yes. her. Yeah, it was really brutal. But her, the true part was her husband was a photographer, mm-hmm. um, and then her husband was an actor. He was on Mash a lot. 
That's in a trivia thing. That yeah, playing, Alan like, Arbus. Yeah, 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 he played the psychiatrist in MASH. Um, but uh, yeah, the movie was was dreadful. I felt. Um, I feel like they, I remember it now. I, I remember thinking they couldn't get a hold of a photographer to tell them what photography is like, like as a <laughs> consultant. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you've got a team of cinematographer who could probably help you out. Yeah, um, like a lot of this content was just bad. Yeah. I get, at least get that right. I think they just that was the the intro to the love story between her and the like hairy man, Robert Downey Jr. as the fur as the furry man. Um, <clears throat> is there has there been any good fiction fictional like photographer movies? Movie? Um, I haven't seen in a long time. I remember Public Eye being interesting, like about Ouija. I guess not fictional, but yeah. Yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of biopic-ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that one about Ouija. Bang Bang Club I thought was great. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Except that James Notchway is like Spanish. He wasn't part of the Bang Bang Club, though. They were all South yeah, Africans. Oh, he's, he's like somebody plays him. Somebody plays him. But he's a Spanish guy. Yeah, he looks very Spanish. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That one was, and like... And that's the that's the part of yes, I was a photojournalist, and so I know people who did that. Yeah, and I never had any interest in doing that, so I can speak like secondhand from that experience. Yeah, uh, it feels like that was close to reality. Yeah, like they had yeah, like and it's true stories too. And yeah, um, so that one I thought was good, even though it's not about photography. Closer is like Julia Roberts plays a photographer in it. It's like. Um, I, I'm going to say Mike Nichols and I might have to do a correction on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's just about two relationships like falling down the tubes and Julie Roberts happens to play a photographer. And it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, yeah. What other ones? Uh, trying to think. There's a really awful BBC one about David Bailey called... We'll t- next we'll take Manhattan or we'll take Manhattan and it's about him and Gene Shrimpton meeting and then going to New York to shoot this like famous Vogue series and it's about how he's this like irreverent like you know like two fingers in the air photographer and it's super fucking cheesy like mm. yeah and as like a huge Bailey fan I was like it's it's brutal yeah um so yeah in uh TV shows and movies, one thing that bugs me, and I'm, I'm sure it's true for any any profession, is when you see, like, a press conference and they have extras posing as, like, TV people and photographers. Yeah. They, like, they just act all wrong. Most of the time they have one hand on the flash so that they're, there's no sound <laughs> of the click and they just yeah. trigger the flash on Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But it's just, like... Extras are paid more than journalists. Yeah. You could have called a press conference, made them sign releases, and have real journalists go like, hey, can you scrum this person that's coming out of court right now? Yeah. For us? Yeah. And you'll be like, and they do that sometimes for uh, on TV. Uh, uh, Julia, my girlfriend, Julia is a TV reporter, and we we're watching a movie, and she's like, hey, that's a colleague of mine who's playing an anchor <laughs> who actually works with her yeah. like, in, in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
they just cast an actual news person to do a news report. Yeah. It's like, they should do that. Cause like the photographers that act in like movies, they're not photographers. It's all wrong. And you know, like that just throws me like pushes me out in the aisle. It's like, Oh, right. This is fake. It's like the same as having a phone number is five, five, five. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. This is not a real hostage. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Call me at five, five, five. Like, all right. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just picking on the details. Yeah. Um, yeah. Giant uh, Arbus did the, like, uh, the twins that, like, were then inspired that, like, The Shining. The really? Shining. Yeah. I see how that, totally. That's interesting. That was, like, the inspiration for Cool. It. Yeah, yeah, She did, like, well, lots. You know what I mean? There's the, and being, growing up listening to punk rock and being in Edmonton, where SNFU's from, they used her picture of the kid with the grenades on one of their albums. Mm. And if you own that album, like, now, it's, like, a big deal because, sh- like, the Deanne Arbus, like, estate sued the shit out of them. Um, out of SNFU for obviously really? using that. Yeah. But Successfully? It's po- or Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they yeah. had to change the album. Oh. Like, it's called And No One Else Wanted to Play. And uh, they just, being punk rock kids, like, were just like, hey, this is great. And it's funny because, like, growing up, I knew that picture long before I knew Deanne Arbus. Or mm-hmm. knew who she was, anyway. Um, just because of that album. And I was like... And then when I got into photography, I'm like, oh, hey, there's that SNFU picture. And it was like that. And then I kind of got into Deanne Arbus. Like, started looking at her stuff. And like anybody does when they get into photography. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I want to wander the streets looking at weird people. You know? Um, but she... But that was the thing about with her, too. It's like... It was interesting because she actually felt more comfortable with, the, with those, those weirdos mm. than like normal people. So that's why she got like, good photos and recognized is because she kind of like was in tune with them versus the other like, you know, the norms, I guess. So, yeah. Or the people just exploiting homelessness for taking photos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that too, I guess. You There's know a mean? lot of that these days. Like, yeah. It's a classic photo school project to go hang out with the homeless for a night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. You know? And actually, all the best people I knew that would take pictures of that were more embedded, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. One of my photojournalist friends, um, his main job was actually just documenting that stuff and like working for like being a social worker mm-hmm. as opposed to just like a newspaper guy who just would show up and take a picture of a dirty dude on the street. You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah. And then like, it's funny cause like my assistant Corey, like is really into street photography and he like happens to be around a bunch of junkies and homeless people, but like it's one of those things where you you have to get close, you know, and I definitely wouldn't want to get that close. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong if that's what drives you. If you if you are interested in and like that's fine. I think there's a lot of ex- exploitation of it. Just go like oh, like low hanging fruit of this is the shock value. Totally. Like, you know, I'll go take photos. I'll go hang out with the prostitutes for one night. Yeah. I'll have a project out of it. But, like, if you really relate to... That's great. Yeah. Like, that's, that's you know, shoot, yeah. shoot what you know, right? Like, the same as, you know, you start out doing skateboarding photography. Like, it's this it's what you would have done without a camera, and then you just happen to document it. That's, yeah. Or, um, what's her name? Like, Nan Golding, too, right? 
Yeah. She was just part of a depraved lifestyle and like documented it and made art. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, let me let me go see these weirdos just to make a project out of it. So I feel Nan Golden is like very in tune with like, say, that Deanne Arbus legacy. Mm-hmm. And I always felt Mary Ellen Mark was as well. Um, just because the similarities and like with the freak show and blah blah blah, but I never always I never like you listen to like a interview with Nan Golden. She that's her life. She's just documenting it. Mm-hmm. Where Mary Ellen Mark, I never really understood. Like it's like, are you exploitative or are you like, or are you in with this or do you just have a good eye and you just want to keep moving? Yeah, like she's like a photojournalist that like rode the fine art world as opposed to the like photojournalism world obviously Mm -hmm. you know so is there that might be a total segue but just noticing we've mentioned three of the most famous photographers and their women in an era where I feel like everything was sexist what makes photography not sexist or like how come some of the biggest names in a world that's like a lot of people interested in cameras yeah I think like and I'm because I laugh every time like there's 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 worlds where there's legitimate beef with like there's no representation and whenever someone tries that with photography I'm like shut the fuck up like all the biggest names are women in our field yeah like, yeah I agree like it's the opposite it's the opposite of chefs I feel yeah because like yeah. that was in an era where we mostly in 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 everyday life people would associate cooking with like a stereotypically women's role yeah but the big chefs were all men i feel like that's for photography it's the opposite like mostly the people into cameras are dudes yeah in photo schools mostly dudes yeah except for wedding photography right like it's just a lot of guys but the most famous ones are like still any leap of it's hands down yeah these days Marilyn Mark, Nan Golding, Cindy Sherman, I just saw. Oh, yeah. For New Yorker, like, it's just... Yeah. Um, I think, and I have to preface this with a thing, you know, being a 39-year-old white male, this is my view on it, so it doesn't really matter anyway. But, um, A, I think it's because it's a solitary pursuit. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not on... It's like... Like, they want more female directors in Hollywood because, like, you know, a director is known he has to run a set and he has this big swinging dick that he has to, like, you know, control everybody, you know? Um, Where, like, in photography, you don't don't really need to. Annie Leibovitz would because she has to run a set. But, you know, she's just got the years in and all this stuff. But she started as... She started as... Totally. So I think it is a solitary thing. And it's kind of like, I feel, like, writers where, like... The, you're not looking at the name you're looking at like the, so like a book like for example it's like well I'm just going to look at what it's about and read it mm-hmm. and it's good oh it's done by a woman photography like you don't get that impression of who did, took it first mm-hmm. you just get the impression of is it good do I want to look more into it oh hey this was shot by mm-hmm. female and it really doesn't matter at that point because you've already made all your decisions if it's good or not like, like I can't think of an example where I'd be like this is an amazing photo Oh, who took it? Oh, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. like, you get all your impressions of the, like, first impressions out, out at the very beginning. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I've always, I used to assist mm-hmm. Tina Chang. Like, mm-hmm. most of the art directors I've worked for, chances are women. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. in magazines. Yeah. Um, 
I've, yeah, I'm not saying this is like a, I've always been a feminist, but I've always had female bosses, so it's mm-hmm. totally fine, you know, so. No, yeah. I know, it's honestly, like, it's it's, it's something that I, I don't think many, I, I don't think we spent a lot of time thinking of, it was just, I, I just noticed now that we're, like, talk, totally. talking about, in any other field, you'd have to, like, You'd, you'd have to stretch you have to find a way to like make it like you know we'll do special edition female photographer podcast and like in yeah. photography you don't have to because like yeah like some of the biggest names just that come up will be um but i mean like i don't know maybe it's split half and half it's not yeah. like it's, it's dominated by women but it's at least it seems like for uh for an invention that's not that that's fairly like 200 years old now like uh, women don't seem to have been kept out of it, which is good. Yeah, it's we should reassuring. We should explore this on like uh, with a female photographer because um, it'd be good. But I also like like and this is just a forming thought. But it's like as we're talking about like how genuine, say, Nan Golden is and Deanne Arbus and uh, Mary Ellen Mark, like questioning that. It's funny when I think of like male street photographers like that, I think of them as more exploitative. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, and so there is a masculinity to them where it's like, or, well, and then you take guys like who, a friend of Deanne Arbus, like Jerry Winogrand, who just basically walked around shooting pictures of girls. Like, he would be a predator nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, where he's still celebrated for that, you know? So. Well, they might be riding the wave that we, we know, and it's like. Uh, not controversial among psychologists that women are more have more empathy. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Do we want to segue to our uh, next quote? Do you want to guess it? The quote? Yeah. Not the quote itself. <laughs> Do you want to guess what quote I'm about to say? Uh, if it's not close enough, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> we should get to that at some other point. Yes. That, yeah. um, but there's this one. Yeah. Which. I think is pretty good. Uh, to oh wait, I'll preface it with you get two guesses after, so just so we don't spend our whole day just naming photographers. I guess <laughs> um, to consult the rules of composition before making a picture is a little like consulting the law of gravitation before going for a walk. The hint uh, I'll give you is like like French, no oh. American pioneer. Well, twentieth century pioneer. That's about it. It sounds like Adams, but it would if it's him. It's like hypocritical because because <laughs> he would. Yeah, uh, you're cool. Well, I would say you. It, it's like the the cooler. It's like Ansel Adams' cooler brother, in a way. Uh, hmm. Okay, I was gonna say Stieglitz is my next guess, but like close-ish. You get three, two, one. No, Edward Weston. Weston, yes. Okay, so close. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I like it because this is to me what this says is it's like you know this shit already. You don't have to worry about it and wrap yourself in it. Like you, if you're a good photographer, composition comes naturally. Yeah. And like you can just shoot a photo and it's going to be good because you're good. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, I mean, like the the thing is, I've that type of quote has been used to promote ignorance. Yeah, often. Yeah, and I think it's it's like, uh, yeah, like I, you you shouldn't be thinking composition while you're composing something. It should come naturally. Yeah, but you should be at a point where you know it in and out, and it's natural. Yeah. Right? So in that sense, I would say it's not like gravity because gravity, whether you believe in it or not, it affects you and composition is a proactive thing. So, so I, I've heard that as an excuse for crappy photography quite often, that type of like, well, you know, it, it's just, to me, it's like jazz where like, you know, the rule before you break them. And then after that, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, I don't think having the fucking golden ratio or rule of thirds makes a good photo <laughs> yeah like those are awful yeah agreed but you need you need to know what people mean by that like it's important that you've like at least i don't know you understand some concepts of composition and i don't like the rules of compositions but like there's certain things that that yeah that benefits you from knowing but yeah i agree when you're looking through that rectangle viewfinder you're not thinking like oh this is perfectly aligned with this right like, yeah yeah i think like i'm fine with like a rule of thirds to be honest i have like that stupid grid in my viewfinder but that's more just for crop marks yeah i know what's going to be square and what's going to be yeah, yeah. eight ten or whatever um golden ratio i don't i think it's fucking bullshit i think that's just so you can People put something on a bad photo and be like, look, I followed all the rules. And yeah. Technically, you should think this is good. And it's like, fuck your conch shell. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. Go, just go take a picture of a goddamn conch shell then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that one's ridiculous. And it's also like, like, well, it occurs in nature, so it's good. I'm like, so, <laughs> so does rape, really. <laughs> like... That's the stupidest, like, you know, reasoning ever going like, well, look at the, yeah. So yeah, those, yeah. those, those are ridiculous. So I think it's like good intention, but I, I'd be, I, I, my like one asterisk there would be like, it's still, it's, it's still not cooler to be ignorant. Yeah. Right? And I think if it's because it's coming from Edward Weston, I think mm. he's not, I, I would interpret it as him being like, like I said, you you don't need to constantly think about this because like you either are doing well or you're not. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, and you're either walking upright or you're crawling. Yeah. yeah. You know? So yeah. Um, it's fun. I, early on, I really liked Edward Weston's work, not necessarily because of the work itself. Mm -hmm. Like I just liked, I had read this article years ago about how fucked up his like marriage and lifestyle was. And he lived this really <laughs> crazy kind of bohemian life. Did not it, know that. Yeah. He yeah. was like, and this is me digging through my memory banks, but like he kind of was like the F Scott Fitzgerald of photography where his wife was like a nutcase too. Mm -hmm. And it led to like, all this, like, they, 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 you know, it built him as an artist, they say. Yeah. Um, and there was lots of love triangles and stuff like that. And I thought that was really interesting. And just also, like, you can't not admit, like, his whole Pepper series is, like, amazing. Like, you know what I mean? It made everybody want to shoot produce, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, I always, like, had a, you know, like, a thing towards, say, Weston. More than I would, say, like, Stieglitz, you know? Yeah. Um, even though Stieglitz kind of had like a bit of a the same thing going on too, but uh, yeah, I, I feel towards Stieglitz that we owe him 
legitimacy of photography with camera works and and yeah. like I think everything you did to promote photographer other photographers and photography uh, is probably more lasting than his actual photography. Agreed. Um, Completely agree. Like yeah, it's it's just it's I, I enjoy his photos. It's nice to see like New York from back then. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, there's not the emotion that other photographers would have. Yeah. I always thought it was funny that he was, like, railing against pictorialism, but all his stuff was, like, very pictorial. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like there was just that nuance then of, like, what's staged and what's real. And it's just, like, to me, it, it all looks staged to me. Mm-hmm. You just weren't hand-painting your shit. You well, know? yeah. But you still have a tripod and an 8 by 10 like, yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think honestly, like the best thing that, like, if we're going on to Stieglitz, the best thing about Stieglitz is Steichen. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and he's hands down like, just photography is yeah like, exists. I don't know, it is what it is today because of him. Agreed. He's the like Joe Montana. He's the the Wayne Gretzky. He's the yeah everything. Yeah. Because, like, and then it's going to historical, like, stuff. But, like, any any other contender, like, Niepce, De Geer, those British fucks, like, if it wasn't them, it's some, it'd be someone else. Everyone was playing with chemicals. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Lumiere if, brothers, like, yeah. whoever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they're, like, the Wright brothers of, like, everybody was messing around with that sort of stuff. Someone would have come up with it. Like, totally. it was, it was going to happen. Yeah. But, yeah, Steichen was, like it's why it's a respected job now it's why it's an art form that's why like photography's in museums like, yeah this is he's he's the man for that yeah i think yeah definitely inspired the lot mm-hmm. um we could easily do a whole show on steichen if we yeah yeah and we should do a whole show of corrections so we should <laughs> we should just not research anything on steichen <laughs> and talk about him for an hour <laughs> Totally. Remember when you landed on the moon? (laughs) (laughs) And this might not make the edit or not, because I can't remember. It must have been, I think it's Pan, not Steichen, um, where they were like in World War II. And I think it was Pan. He was like a colonel in charge of like, or captain or something, in charge of like the... uh, like aerial photography and he said like a blurry photo is subject to court martial yeah like i i didn't know Penn did that i know steichen was doing aerial photos during the war yeah so it might be or was in steichen. charge of that whole thing yeah, yeah yeah which maybe that's the thing maybe we owe him so much but it's just like he was a giant coward he's like i better make photography a legitimate thing because i ain't going to fight <laughs> yeah totally. i'm gonna take photos from really high up of this shit totally like no like uh, that's totally would be me yeah in in one of my talks i was talking about all the photographers who were military as well yeah as like this kind of like common bond i guess between a lot of the greats because mm-hmm. like pen pen was no sorry steichen shot all the great infrared stuff Mm. Penn might have I think he was um, and I mentioned that Avedon and I mentioned it last time that he was <laughs> like merchant navy or merchant marines yeah and I was like yeah he was in the in like the, the navy as well and then I the more I read he never went anywhere he just stayed in Brooklyn <laughs> and got basically just like like conned the psychiatrist not even conned because he was just like a neurotic dude anyway <laughs> but he got 
he tried his hardest to get kicked out. And so, like, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Uh, I think a side note, as much as I... God bless the troops. Yeah, a side note to this whole, like, podcast series, I think, is kind of ripping on Avedon, even though I feel he's, like, one of the, like, greatest ever. But, like, every every episode will have, like, a fun factoid of why he was kind of a shitbag. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I don't know. I know better than to, like... I, I, just not my cup of tea, but his contribution to photography is immense. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm I fine lo- with ripping off. <laughs> I love it. I love all this stuff. Like it's all like there's nothing I would look at it and be like that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's all to me very good and very influential. Um, but work and the human are two different things. Yeah, you know. So, um, okay. Third, uh, you want a third, third quote? quote? Sure. Um, I'm 0 for 2 right now. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that it's you can't it's so hard like unless it's unless like a you know name. The quote, yeah. yeah. Uh, photography is the simplest thing in the world, but is incredibly complicated to make it really work. Uh, more modern ish. I'll say Magnum photographer. I'll give you those hints. Oh, uh, the three name one? No. Oh. One of our, it's, it should be every one of everybody's favorites. Magnum. Yeah. That's although that's kind of a curveball as well. Now I'm just kind of well, it's just messing with me. Uh, Magnum, I like Knockaway started, but then left and said yeah. seven. And he wouldn't say that. Yeah, because no. he's a psychopath. Yeah, uh, and I mean that in the best. Wait, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. workaholic, yeah, yeah, and like nuts. That I mean, that's speaking of movies earlier. That's like, do you see War Photographer? Oh yeah, it's a documentary. It's like fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Like the fact that they can't mounted a camera before GoPros to his camera. That's yeah, it's like the coolest thing. If anybody's bothering to listen to this and they haven't seen War Photographer, just drop everything you're doing, yeah, including a baby. Yeah. And go watch it. Yes. Photography is the simplest thing in the world, but it's incredibly complicated to make it really work. I don't know. Martin Parr. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I wouldn't have gotten to it. No, I know. He's part of Magnum? Oh, yeah. Of course he was part of Magnum. He was a founder. He still is. No, he's not a founder. In fact, yeah, he's a Magnum. He still is Magnum. Yeah. Um, but every, what is it? It's like every two years they vote in new members or whatever. I guess it was so contested that Brisson threatened to leave if Martin Parr got on. Really? Yeah. Uh, so the way I heard it is Magnum, when Magnum was considering Martin Parr, uh they didn't think he was serious enough. So Brisson, like, did not want him part of Magnum. And Magnum almost, like, there was, like, a big, like, civil war over it. And then they kind of finally let him in, hmm. which is brilliant because I think Martin Parr is, like, one of the most culturally, culturally relevant mm-hmm. photographers on Magnum. Um, it's hilarious. Like, it's like it's like the funhouse mirror on, on life, you know? I could see Henri Cartier-Bresson not... <laughs> It's weird for me that he wouldn't want him in, other than maybe he's kind of eating his lunch a little bit. Yeah. It's like funnier moments instead of just 
oh, you almost hit the puddle there. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but very, like, along the same line. Yeah. To me. But, like, I guess, yes. But, like, from what I know about Brisson, and jump in any point here, because you know more than me, he would find a nice spot that he knew something interesting was going to happen and wait for that thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Where Parr is... I know something interesting is happening over there, so I'm going to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's a bit more immediate about it, where Brisson, like, was more of a hunter and yeah. waited it out until something great. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen Martin Parr's contact sheets, and, like, there's they're all good. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's finding all that good stuff, where I'm curious about, like, Brisson's, where it'd be like, maybe there's a bunch of boring shit, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we if those exist or they must. There's a giant book of them with the Magnum with, contact sheets. Yeah, is Brisson in there? Gotta be. Like, how would you not have Brisson in a Magnum? I remember going. A buddy of mine bought that. Yeah, uh, and I was le- leafing through it. So, but I don't remember Katsu Brisson's. Yeah, maybe if uh, like there's so many just late like puddle jump. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I <laughs> Yeah. just people falling in it's not even a puddle it's just like there's so many frames of a hat floating on top of the water <laughs> um have you watched the genius of photography oh yes the bbc series yeah 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 i did um and they give the most hilarious breakdown of that photo oh the ring in the back signifies a loop of infinity and then there's like a it's like the breakdown of europe yeah, and the like Jewish company's poster. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. He, he wasn't thinking all that yeah. when he took that photo. Oh, I love it. I love. He was just like, hey, cool. He's going to almost at the puddle. Yeah. I love the breakdown of like photography years later when people just need to overanalyze it. Oh, God. Um, yeah. When it was a lot of the stuff just happened and wasn't thought out. And like, it's just what you want to read into it after. Um, and that's where I think like. Like, that's why I grabbed a Martin Parr quote. Because um, it's pretty, like, on the level. Like, you can't dissect it too much because there's nothing underneath. It's all, mm-hmm. like, all the information you need to know is right there. Yeah. And it's and it's presented, like, so in your face and so matter-of-factly. You know, like the shot of the seagulls eating the fries with the British flag waving in the background. Yeah. Like, you can talk about whatever the fuck you want besides like what you think that means Mm -hmm. but it's like no that beach was just full of trash yeah you know so yeah it's it's i think i think if you dissect photos you need to try and the intention should be to try and get in the head of the photographer so in that case why did he why did he go there instead of somewhere else why did he point the camera at that instead of some something else and why Mm -hmm. in the edit did he keep that one yeah as opposed to something else right like this is this is about the extent of it if you start to count the number of fries and like see a meaning in that it's <laughs> yeah. like it, po- it could not possibly have been what he had done yeah right Straight and it's up. different than painting because if it was a painting then yeah you decided everything that was in there but yeah for yeah for- and that's where like the jeff walls and the cindy shermans of the world mm-hmm. i feel they transcend photography. They're artists whose medium is the photograph. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because everything in that frame is like completely on purpose. There is seven fries in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to signify whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but going back to the quote, photography is the simplest thing in the world is incredibly complicated to make it really work. Like, what do you read out of that? Like, <laughs> I think, and I, I forget if we talked about that last time, but I think it's, it's very simple because it happens by default. Once you know how to not overexpose or underexpose something, yeah, um, you don't have to do anything. You click, and it's and that's one of the only art form that's like that, mm-hmm. right? Even like a, an architect, an architect doesn't start from something and then adapt it. Yeah, like if you don't do any work, then nothing gets done. A painter can stare at a canvas and it just stays a canvas until you have an action. But a photographer is just if you don't do anything, you'll still take a photo. Like yeah. it's very, very easy to just get get to fill that rectangle with something. Yeah. And then after this comes the well, on top of this is the intention, the like from a range of oh, it's interesting how he like like Alex Webb frames stuff beautifully, even though he doesn't interact with anything in the frame. Yeah. Um, so composition comes in intention comes in all the way down to like a Cindy Sherman or Greg Crutzen who just control every little bit of the of what's inside of it yeah but it's very easy because yeah it's just just a click anybody could do that yeah 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 um, it's and this is maybe just the hustler in me but the way I read this is it's like anybody can take a photo but to be a photographer is not very easy. Like you'd mm. like to make it work, to make it really work. I think of the actual, like the, the, the big word in that is work where it's like, you can't really make photography work unless you really put in the hours and like, you know, it's not just about getting paid, but it's about being yeah. a photographer first off, Oh yeah, you know, and like, and making photography work for you as opposed to you working for photography. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's easy in the sense of like, the I could have done that attitude of photography. Yeah. Uh, but that there's a lot of art that was like that. Andy Warhol too. I could have done a Brillo box. Yeah. Right. Like that's not, yeah, but I didn't. And if I did, nobody would care. So yeah, it doesn't. So I love that statement. Like I could have done that. Yeah. But you fucking didn't. Yeah. That's like, I love it. Like I love, let's get, it's the best comeback to that statement. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. No, I and I've added on to that one. It's like, not only didn't you do it, but yeah, if you had, nobody would give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? totally. Then totally. you'd just be an idiot with some Brillo boxes at home. <laughs> so like... Yeah, you'd look like a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the Rothko paintings, like, could have done that? Yeah, pretty much anyone could have done that. Yeah. Jackson Pollock. Yeah, could have done that too. Yeah. But you didn't and you weren't, you know, so so photography has a lot of that. But uh uh but yeah, to make it work, to be to, you know, to to have your your french fry and seagull and be like have that con- contribute to being part of Magnum. Yeah. Is, is there's something there. Yeah, totally. And I guess the other end of that too is like, well, I could have done that. Yeah, but can you do it a million more times? That do you know what I mean? Like, cause like no photographer gets famous off of one photo, mm-hmm. maybe Bert Stern, but he has a bunch more, um, Marilyn Monroe, oh, Laskin yeah, I got the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But he got that gig. Like, nobody has one photo that they're famous for. They've got reasons that they got to that one photo. Yeah. You know? Or, like, there's so much more to it. Or it's just the one that Ikea reprinted a billion times over. Yeah. Ikea didn't happen to reprint the rest of their body of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. When but I even that attitude of the, like, Bert Stern, I could have done that. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't because they wouldn't have put you in a room with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, he did something good before that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and as legend has it, his own legend, uh, nobody else would have been as charismatic to sleep with her after, too. You know what I mean? You're mixing so. him and like that other guy from Niagara, Niagara Falls. Oh, which one's that one Douglas? again? Yeah, I am Douglas Kirkland. Yes. My bad. Yeah. Okay. I, I retract everything about Burt Stern. Well, no, Burt Stern's got a book yeah. about Marilyn Monroe, but he photographed it more. And then uh, Douglas, Douglas Kirkland, Kirkland did the last sitting. Yeah, and he has a book of all like just yeah. those like twelve photos cropped yeah, differently, yeah. and like the fact that she marked is that the ones that she marked herself. So, and then she was like trying to get him into bed, but he refused or something like that's that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. My bad. And that's pretty much the career of that guy. Yeah. But still, whatever you were, he a, made it to that point. Yeah, he obviously had something building up to that. I've had that with some of the celebrity photos too that I've taken, where like they're and I, I try to remind myself of that, and that's the reason I keep showing them to people. Yeah, is when I look at them, I'm like, Jesus, that's not good. Like that's not well done, right? And yeah. there's a lot of people that could look at that, and go like, I could have done better, and I agree because I could do better if I had. To yeah, do yeah, but. Part of it was, yeah, the access. Like, there was a lot of work that went into that wasn't work with a camera. Yeah. For people to go, yeah, this guy's not going to drop the ball. Or a bit of it is, like, being the right place at the right time. But all that stuff just made it's like, yeah, you had access to the celebrity. And a lot of people don't. So yeah. there you go. Um, but also, like, your... <clears throat> like, I'm thinking specifically of, say, your De Niro shot. Yeah. Um... It's very much like I think of it and like, so like, sorry, what I'm getting at is you had access to De Niro and anybody could get, well, not anybody could get that access, obviously, but you luckily worked your way up, had that access, but, and then you, what did you said? You asked him if he had bed bugs or something <laughs> to get like that expression. Yeah. Well, that's out of, I, there's a way to tell it that makes me sound clever. And there's also the truthful way of telling it where I was like, <laughs> I was uh, nobody gives out. a shit about the truth. We don't want the yeah. clever part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, and that's where I, I've heard a lot of times people have tricks and gimmicks. And that's why I have no real, like, um, uh, respect for Yusuf Karsh with the, like, uh, Winston Churchill anecdote of pulling the cigar out of his, yeah. his mouth and making, like, I read the, I read the biography and it's like, that's, that's been that's very apocryphal but yeah like my bed bug thing was De Niro was just looking like a sad puppy and not like a menacing guy like he does in most of the movies or just not the De Niro look I had in mind like, yeah, yeah, yeah I wanted something to be like that's the guy the you talking to me guy right yeah like the, yeah and he was like looking like a kind old man and I didn't 
You want mean streets and not meet the parents. Yeah. But even meet the parents, he's like... Oh, yeah, okay. He's like the guy you're afraid of, right? The intern? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted something that's like anything like in the movies. And in my head, I was like, but I'm like such a newbie at this. I can't be directing the guy that was directed by Scorsese. Yeah. Like, what do I say? Hey, can you do a little bit of... Yeah. So I, and I was definitely freaking out and I didn't know. And I was like very nervous. And I just asked him if he had bed bugs because like a lot of people in New York had at that time. Yeah. And then he looked at me like part disgusted at the thought of bed bugs, part, <laughs> part who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Part, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's the only photo I kept from that series yeah. that I'm happy with. The rest of them just look like. Yeah, like just a kind old man. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe that's more who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not to be like keep name dropping people, but Anthony Hopkins was the same. Yeah. He's like a jolly, like older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the little earring on, in the ear and he's like all smiles and just like kidding around. And you're like, you're Hannibal Lecter. Come on. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I've got, you've got to look and. Yeah. So, Not to continue name dropping, but I had the same with David Suzuki. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he was just really nice. Mm-hmm. And when I even said, okay, like, just like furrow your brow a little bit. And he's like, oh, you want the angry activist. And it kind of threw me off because I was like, ah, shit, he's, he knows he exactly what I'm up to. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, kind of like, fuck it. But then I brought up the picture. I can't remember who shot it, uh, but th- there's a picture of him with his shirt off at the same age. I was like, oh, well, you did this, you know? <laughs> so, like, I'm asking for, like, a tenth of that. And he's yeah. like, okay, fine, you know? Um, but, yeah, so it's funny that, like, like, it goes back to kind of what we talked about previously where it's, like, getting to the truth of the person. Yeah. That kind of fake truth where in De Niro and Anthony Hopkins and David Suzuki, they're just, they just want to be sweet old men. But yeah. To us, the truth of them is, like, their characters, you know? The people they play on TV. Yeah, and part of it is, like, who do I think I am to know what he should look like more than him? Yeah, true. But it's also, yeah, no, I'm, like, using you to project something. Like, this is how we see you. And Totally. I've had conversations. Sometimes it's it's difficult, but I had to photograph the, the chief of the member two tribe um who's doing very well and he just looked like a really classy accountant or maybe lawyer yeah business suit and everything and it's like oh we need a portrait of the chief and i was like how do i didn't want to like prop him up but i also didn't want to miss the opportunity and i was like kind of like do you got do you ever wear a headdress because i know that's a you know but i didn't want to sound ignorant to go like oh god yeah it's gonna make it like yeah cowboys and indians look right yeah but i was just saying like and i like circled around that one for a long time (laughs) to go like i don't want to imply you're walking around with the headdress on but if you have it for ceremonies like it'd be useful for a portrait to just have like the contrast of business suit and the headdress and like the uh that one turned out he was like so happy and like his the people under him were like oh just ask him he's happy to wear it whenever he can like oh he watches he wears it all the time watching football and like (laughs) yeah they have to track it down somewhere because like we kind of lost it which like don't tell people that but But yeah, like that in that case was like just explaining that 
it's just an image. Like yeah, I need yeah. to convey something. And like, that's something that if I had to do like with De Niro again, yeah, I might be able to like, Hey, hear me out. Like give me something, you know, yeah. like there's the reason. Let's why get the De Niro that. that everybody wants to see. Give the people what they want. A little bit, yeah, and yeah. just go, and so and that like sounds like what you had through with Suzuki too, yeah, going, yeah. like, hey, buddy, like here, you know, like this, this says, it, I've had that too, where like weirdly, and that's more like journalism, uh, my journalism past, but I'd have to do a portrait of the victim of something awful, yeah, or like the widow. It's like your entire family just died, right? And it's awful, and then they have they just go like oh there's a camera there's a photo i'm smiling because i smile for photos yeah and i'm thinking like well that's not working like you know just your entire family's dead there's a photo of a smiling lady like that doesn't work (laughs) yeah but i'm also like how do i say yo can you look sad like that's another one that i've had to like tiptoe around and like someone told me the best word for this is somber because it's like could be interpreted as just solemn or whatever but like yeah there's something where you you, there's things you can't do like in that case it's like well, no we're, we expect you to look a certain way and totally. I know you're smiling in the moment because you associate t- picture taking with smiles yeah but this ain't what we're doing <laughs> um, cool I when you introduced Martin Parr and Magnum all I kept on thinking is that they should do a program where they like teach photography to people and have like Magnum photography instructors uh, just so that it could be like Magnum PI <laughs> oh yes awesome we should have a fucking pun of each episode <laughs> oh no we're two episodes from having a sound machine yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about technology it's really taken over <laughs> amazing um f- f- final thoughts um uh, we'll just start doing a bunch of cliches Oh, uh, yeah, we have, like, oh, you brainstorm a bunch of, like, good keep clicking. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to, this was going to be my, like, my, our our really digestible kind of end. I was going to make note of the fact you're wearing a suit, not that you can see it on a podcast. Yeah, man. Um, And then we got talking about Nick Knight being stylish photographer. Mm -hmm. Photographer style. What's style? Who do you think of as a stylish photographers or photographer style in general? Uh, hmm. I don't know. There's some go the extra mile to look homeless. Yeah. And some are class like James Notchway probably goes to war in a suit. Yeah. It's always look dapper. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's more for the shoot experience than it is for anything else. Yeah. Like, gotcha. Honestly, it doesn't matter what we're wearing behind the camera, but yeah. Uh, but like you, I, I know you make people like more at ease. Like, I, I don't think you could be shooting in a suit. I've seen your shoots and it's like, you're, you're establishing a contact by just like everything is, everything takes away from the fact that it's a very formal setting. Yeah. Just to make it like, we're just hanging out. Yeah. Uh, my, they're wearing a bow tie. People would be like. You couldn't. You couldn't be the same same person on a shoot. That's fair, and I just look like a fucking idiot in a bow tie. <laughs> I look like just some awful teddy bear. Um, my uniform is completely utilitarian. It's just so I don't have to think about what to wear every mm-hmm. morning. Black jeans, black shirt. Like a lot of photographers, I'm I'm copping that style from 
generations before me even. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of Nick Knight, stylish photographer. Um, who else? Cecil Beaton. Very well, stylish, yeah, obviously. He's a designer, right? Yeah. 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 Um, who else? And then there's just like scumbag photographers. Terry Richardson, scumbag photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if style plays into anything. It's maybe it's more of a conscious decision of the photographer as opposed to. Yeah, I tried to. I I like try to do to dress nice in pre-production. And yeah. A lot of time, depending on what I do. Like last week, I filled your studio with yogurt, and yeah. I had like some in my hair, so <laughs> I could really look all that nice. It'd yeah, be a yeah. waste of a suit. So a lot of times, I'm waving stuff around, and very, there's a lot of activity. So the last it's... time you shoot a fireman's calendar. <laughs> um yeah anyway okay well keep clicking and go fuck yourself (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll work on that what's our catchphrase we don't have one yet uh we'll figure it out yeah go click yourself go click yourself you fucks (laughs) (laughs) all right and over and out